Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football discussion and news. I'm Kyle Loomis. I'm the director, editor-in-chief, joining Ben King once again on this week's show while our good buddy A.J. Richardson is on his honeymoon and enjoying life, I'm sure, down there in Jamaica. I mean, he's down there not even thinking about how poor the Auburn offense is doing right now. He's just enjoying the beach hey, and man. having the time of his life. <laughs> don't be hating on the offense, man. Hey, man, uh, don't worry. Be happy. I sound like <laughs> Count Dracula, but I don't know why I went from Jamaica. <laughs> oh, that was great. We went off the rails here not even, what, a minute into the show? <laughs> uh, what are we going to leave AJ to come back? AJ is going to listen to the show. If he does, he probably won't. And he will. And, and just say, I, I don't know why I ever let Kyle come back on this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to our re, uh, preview of the Mississippi State Bulldog game. We're going to get into offense and defense, way it should look for them and us in this matchup in Starkville, Mississippi. But we're also going to get to you uh, about our players to watch from Auburn in this game as well but first we do want to mention the aforementioned aj richardson's wedding because i said we were going to do it in the last episode ben but alas i failed as a host and forgot to bring it back up you know so why don't you give your impressions of the uh wedding of erica smitherman and now aj richardson it was a fantastic time great getting to see aj down there uh one of the coolest things i guess is when we played Glory Glory to Old Auburn three times in a row. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. And uh, I I don't know if it was planned to be that much, but we were getting pretty rowdy out there in the crowd at, at the end of it. So uh, great job, AJ. Fantastic celebration of uh, you and Erica uh, starting the rest of your lives together. And uh, man, it was it was cool running into uh, some, some great listeners down there too. They were, and I'm sorry that I've forgotten each of your names because we met so many of you, but I was amazed with the amount of people that bombarded us with saying, hey, you're so-and-so from this show, you're so-and-so from that show, we love what you guys are doing. I mean, to my knowledge, we didn't get someone who said they hated, so I, I... to me, that was great just getting to actually meet some of you guys because, you know, we do these meetups and we have people come sometimes. We don't. And, you know, we hear from people online times to time. But that's what we love is actually getting to meet people in person that are consuming the content we we meet out there. So if you ever want to meet uh, us when we're in Auburn, we usually post when we're there or if we're out at a away game or something like that. Feel free to come up and say hello just like these people did because it was nice to put some faces to names. Yeah, we're doing Tennessee. So, uh Come see us. Well, we're doing Tennessee, but we I don't know if we're going to be able to pull off the tailgate this year, but I, we will do something in terms of a meetup or something because it needs to happen because Tennessee now only happens, what, every 10 years now? Something like that. <laughs> 10, 15. 
Yeah. Um, Every few decades. At least that, or, you know, it feels like Florida and Tennessee will never get to see again with the new scheduling. Um, but that's a tangent that we could get on for another time because I don't want to get on a soapbox again like I did last time. Uh, off season. Off season. That's the time we do it. That and we'll debate our chicken talk. That's right. Oh, I had otters for lunch today. Amazing. Okay. We're, you're not going to get on this show where I'm hosting and try to promote the name of an inferior chicken company. Hey, if the Falcons win this weekend, uh, Zaxby's giving away free chicken. Oh, I'm there. Like yesterday, Zaxby's is the bomb. <laughs> All right, we'll do the chicken show some other time. Uh, again, congratulations to our social media coordinator and your co-host here on the No Huddle. Usually, AJ Richardson and Erica getting married. It was a great Auburn-filled wedding. Getting to meet um, listeners and enjoy some fight songs. I'm still a little embarrassed at myself jumping up out of my seat when they started that. Uh, <laughs> I realized what I was doing and I sat back down very quickly because I just like got a little over emotional there you know when the fight song started playing uh but let's talk about mississippi state ben and i want your initial thoughts on mississippi state uh initially this was supposed to be a much bigger game than it's kind of playing out to be uh mississippi state looked great to begin the season uh preseason they were highly touted the last two see the last two weeks uh two losses one to a very good kentucky team the next to a subpar florida team uh, it, it's going to be a game where, because we are in Stark Vegas and the cowbell will be roaring, it's not going to be easy at the same time. You know, if, if Florida can beat them with scoring 13 points, we consistently score 21 against teams that we should be blowing out. So I think we'll be okay. <laughs> I sense a little bitterness there, Ben. <laughs> Was it? I tried to, I tried to be as positive as I could. <laughs> Uh, you can try all you want, buddy, but I can sense the frustration there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say this about this Mississippi State team, and I'm, I know it's convenient to say it now with how they're performing, but I never bought into the hype about Mississippi State. You guys were talking in your season previews about how worried you were about this game, and I get it. It's an SEC team on the AJ road. was worried about this game. Yes. I, I know that a, a non-Dan Mullen coach team was not going to be as good as even when he was there, which they weren't that great. What's the coach's name? Isn't it Jim Moorhead? Is that what it is? I don't know. <laughs> that it's either this one or the Arkansas one that has the econ professor. <laughs> Maybe they both do. Two micro econ professors as coaches in the SEC West right now. That's fine. But we're making light of him and watch. He's going to be you know the next big thing for all we know. I mean, probably I doubt not, it. but I doubt it too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yes, so when we think of Mississippi State, we think of the cowbell. You, We were talking last night. You have not been to Mississippi State, correct? I have not, and I never want to go. I will say this. I am on a mission to go visit every SEC stadium before my time here is done on this earth, and I've been to LSU. I'll never go back. I've been to Kentucky. I'd rather not go back. Uh, Stark Vegas, I, I hated my experience there, but because it is one of the more relatively close SEC schools, I would probably go back just so I can steal somebody's cowbell and throw it over the bleachers. But um, I digress <laughs> about that. Um, but yes, when you think about Stark Vegas, you think about the cowbells and how much that plays into their home field advantage there. And Auburn, honestly, has not had good luck in um, Starkville over the last few years. Even the championship year with um, Cam Newton, they struggled to get that win. That, that was a struggle win, my friends. I was there. 
with Stephen Thompson from the BCM and several other BCM members, and we just rode back trying to figure out what happened during that game because it just it was inexplicable. Somehow, some way, Mississippi State finds a way to play Auburn competitively. Yep, everyone does. <laughs> it does feel that way, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, Southern Miss, they played a pretty competitive game. Here's the thing, though. Let's look at this in context. They have played Stephen F. Austin and won 63-6. to Kansas State, which I haven't heard really Kansas State doing much this year, they beat them 31 to 10. So a pretty convincing victory over a rank of a big five, power five uh, conference opponent. They beat mm-hmm. Louisiana Lafayette 56 to 10. So they're holding teams to low points and scoring generally a lot of points, but none of them have been that good. Let's see what happens when they get to the SEC and not even playing the cream of the cream of the crop. I will give Kentucky credit. They look legit, losing 28 to 7. On the road in Kentucky, which is not easy to play at either. But you bring Florida home, and this is the game if you were going to have one to get up for and you know be really excited for. I'm sure they were until they lost. Uh, this is your <laughs> old head coach, Dan Mullen, coming back to experience the Cowbells from the other side. And you can't muster an offense which has scored 56, 63, 31 points before the last game. I don't buy the hype on Mississippi State. I, I don't know if that's just the, I don't know who the coach is. They have Nick, Nick Fitzgerald, but I just don't see the hype and what everyone else was seeing in, in Mississippi State because I, I haven't checked the rankings on them, but they, are they ranked this, this nope, week? they dropped out. I would hope so. As they should year. have. Yeah. Yeah. After scoring six points against Florida, they don't deserve to be ranked. And, you know, the game week to week is going to be totally different. They could come out on fire next week when when we play, or I guess this weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, you you never know. But right. I think our defense is good enough to match up against their offense. Uh, my biggest question is how our offense will perform on the road. We don't have the best record as far as you know playing away from Jordan Hare, but maybe the cowbell will be the uh, the shot that we need to to help the fever that the Auburn Tigers have had, and that fever. Is not more cow. I don't know. <laughs> I somehow wanted to put throw that joke in there and the, it failed. The solution to the fever could be more cowbell. Yeah, maybe we'll see. it is. We've tried we'll everything see. else at this point, so why not throw some cowbell in there? See it's it going to happen anyway. It's true. It could. Right. It could help. So for Mississippi State, kind of talking about their key players, there's I'd honestly say there's not that many other than the quarterback Nick Fitzgerald, who's been called a gunslinger at times. And I will say he's had some very bright moments his uh, career there at Mississippi State. I just don't see enough of a supporting cast around him. I mean, they're starting running back, or they're at least I don't know if he's the starting one, but he's the one that's had uh, the most action and the and the best stats. It's Kylan Hill, who's a sophomore. Uh, 348 yards on the year. I think that's 7.7 yards per carry. So that's a good percentage, but it doesn't seem like they're running it a whole lot, and it seems like they're utilizing their uh, running backs out of the – throwing it to them out of the backfield more than being just a downhill running type team. So it seems to me that they are relying on Nick Fitzgerald and the wide receivers to win them a game. Has that been your assumption of how this team has had success this year, if they've had success? Uh, I yeah, I definitely agree, and unfortunately, that doesn't play into our favor. Uh, when we go up against run-heavy teams, we can usually shut down the run. It's when the passes come into play. Uh, covering the flats, I think we're pretty good at. The matchup on offense to defense is going to be interesting. I still think the defense is gonna you know perform better than their offense does, just because of the uh, 
improvements we've made as far as developing players like no Igmanogany. Look yeah. at that. I said his full name. Oh, my gosh. That's, I think that's did, the first time ever. You did so good. <laughs> uh, listening to you and AJ has helped me a lot. But, you know, the the way that Mississippi State plays football this year has not been impressive, and you're right on that. However, anything can happen. It's true. You cannot take anything for granted, especially against an SEC team. Anyone can beat anyone on any given day. I, I fully believe that. We've seen crazier things happen before a la Appalachian State, a la Old Dominion. I know that gets you happy every time I say that, Ben, so I'm just Absolutely. Keep... <laughs> um, I just, I don't see enough to make me worried about this team. And let me give you this stat, Ben. And this is now not taking into account this past week's games, but before that, there was a analysis done by, I can't remember the website, so forgive me, uh, people, who if they listen to this, but they did missed tackle rates by defenses in the SEC. Auburn was at number one, meaning they had the, the least missed tackles as of that last week. In that last week, Mississippi State was fourth from the bottom at 10th with 14.7 missed tackles per game, 10th in the SEC. That should make you feel very good. So with an offense that's struggling, what they if they're getting hit and this team can't tackle as well as most and, and finish the tackles, that's going to make you feel really good because that's what Auburn needs is a shot in the arm of someone to break a tackle and go long for something to kind of take the cowbell out of the stadium. <laughs> And you know what? Right now, Jarrett's looking for the long ball almost every time the ball is snapped. So I definitely think that that could happen, and uh, that could be the answer we need really to to start moving the ball down the field. And I would say look for the flats on Auburn's offense in this game. Look for that, I think, to be something that we focus on. I know that's kind of a non-shocking statement since we tend to throw out that way a lot, but I think that's where they're going to find some success. And speaking of success and who we think will be successful in this game, let's talk about our players to watch for Auburn. We'll go offense, defense, breaking those down into groups and then give you a general special teams as well. I'll let you have the honor of going first on all these, Ben, just since you are the pro here, and I I should concede to you. Um, We'll start with the offense. I'm the pro. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of time now on this show, you have now surpassed me. So you are the 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 uh, senior there in terms of the football show. Oh. Um, so I will give that to you. Let's start with offense, and I will ask for the first category. Who are you watching in the backs category? That includes running backs, quarterbacks, and even an H-back. Uh, I'm going to throw in an interesting pick here. Okay. Just because of his performance that I saw against Southern Miss and because of some of the injuries we've sustained. I think Malik Miller will actually come out and be one of the players that helps us move the ball down the field. Not necessarily as a running back, but potentially as kind of that uh, out-in-the-flat type receiver that we can get open and maybe um, you know produce some yardage out of. I saw him do that a few times against Southern Miss. I think he's got some good hands. He definitely has some shifty moves that we really haven't gotten to see from him because of running straight into the line. When we get him out in the open, he is a force to be reckoned with. And I think we might be able to utilize him this week after what we saw from last week and make something happen. No, I think that's a great pick. And I would love to see Malik Miller get a little bit of extra action because he's had a very rough career with injuries at Auburn. And it's it's time for him to get a chance to shine. So I I would love to see your prediction come true there. Mine is not going to be too dissimilar for yours. Um, it's going to be related around the flats, the short passing game there. Chandler Cox is my pick for the backs because we've seen him utilized more and more, not just in the blocking game. But I, I think that's where my pick comes from is because with an Auburn offensive line and an Auburn 
uh, running game that has not been established yet this year. They need a guy who's been consistently good to keep doing that and make a little bit extra effort to compensate for the problems that we've been having in the blocking scheme. So Chandler Cox is the guy I'm watching for blocking and also catching the ball out of the backfield. What about wide receivers, Ben? Who you got your eye on this game? Uh, Seth Williams has probably been the biggest surprise and most impressive player of this year. And I feel like every single game, he just steps it up again and again to another notch. His development, as far as that position goes, being a true freshman has been incredible. I expect him to perform very well against Mississippi State as well. I'll go um, a different type of threat in the wide receiver game. Darius Slayton is who I have my eye on. I think he is now going to be the go-to guy in terms of deep ball threat. Um, Ryan Davis is best suited catching it in the mid-range and using his feet to get around. I think Anthony Schwartz and Seth Williams are utilized in the shorter game best as well. Um, I think Will Hastings is is somewhat of a deep ball threat if he can get over the taller uh, defensive backs because since he's so short. Uh, but I do think that Darius Slayton, with as you've already said, Ben, being um, so prone to throw the deep ball, I think this is one you've got to watch for. I, I would be very shocked if we don't get at least one or two thrown his way into the end zone. And um, I really hope that they uh, do start looking more towards him uh, as the offense continues to try to find its way. What do you think about offensive line? Offensive line is going to be it's going to be difficult. Uh, I think the best player we've had on offensive line all year has been Marco Harrell. And so I'm going to look for his leadership on that line to kind of help the guys around him. Hopefully he can open some holes to run through because I don't really see many of the other guys really doing that. And uh, we'll see if he can kind of bring the band of brothers together to, to hold the line. I think that's an excellent pick because I think that's what needed is, is needed right now. Senior or upperclassman uh, leadership. So I think that's a great pick for you there. I'm going to kind of look towards one of these guys who's probably going to see some more playing time with the injuries, and that's going to be uh, Calvin Ashley, which is a guy that a lot of people wanted to start to begin the season. And now you're kind of getting what you asked for, and it's not at the best circumstances. <laughs> but Calvin Ashley, who got to play more with the injuries in the Southern Miss game, I think you'll see more of him, and I hope he is all that he has been billed to be in this game and could be one of the solutions to that Swiss cheese offensive line, as you called it, Ben. <laughs> I'd love to see it. I mean, keep plugging guys in at this point because we've had so much. And I know earlier in the season I was, I just wanted us to pick a group and let them congeal. We've done that. Uh, now with injuries, it's going to be back to the rotating of who fits best. And so, please, by all means, find the best guy for the job. Well, I hope Calvin he, Ashley's that. And uh, even if you're not the best guy for the job, or at least you, if you don't think you are, if somebody else just is, prove them wrong at this point. We've got to have people step up. That's right. Um, something's got to start happening with offensive line. Let's move over to defensive uh, players to watch in this game, and we'll start with the defensive line. What do you think about that position? Uh, I'm going with Derek Brown, okay. man. Last game was so much fun to watch him like sumo plex jump in the air, <laughs> take a guy's head off. I want to see him disrupting the backfield again, and he's a guy that week after week he's you know putting his body out on the line, and so much respect for for players to do that. I want him to do it intelligently. At the same time, I love the intensity that he's bringing to that that front seven that's always tenacious. Let me uh, remind you of something, Ben, going back to the 2010 year. 
there was a certain player who made a name for himself in the Mississippi game, Mississippi, Mississippi State game. Can't even say it. I, I got Igbenogany down, but I can't even say Mississippi <laughs> State. Um, there was a player who made their name uh, alongside Cam Newton. Do you remember who that player was? Uh, Nick Fairley? Yes. When I saw that giant man, Derek uh, Brown, <laughs> launch himself through the air like that, that is all I could think about. I hate picking the same one as you because I like to be different, but I couldn't agree more. I think this is going to be Derek Brown's Nick Fairley game. He has already been a great player. He's going to hopefully be a first-round pick whenever he goes. This might be the game that starts making him a household name. Because oh, I would love I just, that. I have that feeling. Nick Fairley, Mississippi State, that's when he became known, and it could be the same for Derek Brown. What about linebackers? We might pick the same guy again. We'll see. Uh, Deshaun Davis, he's all over the place. Uh, he's been fantastic as far as kind of leading the, the defense there. And, you know, I just see him getting better and better as far as linebacking core. And uh, I expect to see the same thing here, maybe dropping back a little in coverage depending on what kind of play we have. But when we when we bring the heat, he's right there in the mix of it every single time. Oh, he most certainly is. And I will be honest with you, this that is the guy I scratched off my list in our pre-show prep. Uh, because I, I, I like Deshaun. He is one of my, I'll be honest, he's my favorite player on this team. He's the reason I have his autograph from my uh, time at uh, A-Day this year because I knew he was going to be such a great player statistically, but also as a leader for this team. But I, I, I go with me here on this one. I know in the truest sense he's not a linebacker, but his position is such a versatile one in the buck position, which is technically a defensive line position. He's kind of a hybrid defensive back linebacker. You still with me? I am. How about this? Nick Coe is your guy to watch at that linebacker position because I mm. see Mississippi State throwing out into the flats with their touchdowns, or with their touchdowns, with their running backs for touchdowns a lot. I think him in that standing up position that he takes in the buck a lot could be very valuable and key in keeping Mississippi State out of the end zone in terms of throwing to their running backs. So I know it's not a traditional linebacker, but can you allow me that one for this one? I will. I like it. It's it's not the worst pick in the world, right? <laughs> no. All right. What about defensive backs? Uh, I'm doing the Javaris Davis watch. Okay. He uh, He's only come forward uh, one time for me this season, but he's had opportunities. Uh, I think he's continuing to get better. Uh, there's definitely a few other DBs I could have picked that I think will perform a little bit better, but I want Javaris Davis to step up and be what I think he can be. So I'm picking him again. Uh, I will go uh, also probably a not surprising one here, but there's a reason for it because I think he's the guy they're going to pick on. Jameel Dean, he's got the cast on his hand. He's he's the one with the cast, I believe, um, that he's had a previous injury uh, this year. He's been doing a great job besides that, and I do think that they're going to see him as a weakness with that uh, previous injury and try to pick on him a little bit. So I'd love to see him prove them wrong. I'd love to get him picked on too because he likes to pick the ball off. So pick a, pick away, so we can pick away. <laughs> yeah, you he know, doesn't need a, two hands to catch that. <laughs> there's a, a joke about picking something, uh, and I I wish I could remember it right now because I think it's the perfect joke, but it's it's not coming to me. So maybe I'll remember it and just blurt it out in the middle of something else here. All right, so that's offense, defense picks, and give me a general special teams player to watch, Ben. Watch Ian Shannon. Okay, he's the guy holding the ball whenever we have a long snap for a field goal. And I've seen a couple times, this is one of the 
when when I've been looking to see what's what's really going on with Carlson, why is he having difficulty? One I think is the distance, and I I think the coaches realize that at this point, and they're not going to put him in a situation that's going to be detrimental to his confidence if we can avoid it. The other is every single time the snap occurs, that long snap, it's it's funky. And Ian Shannon's having to grab it all over the place and place it down. Uh, a couple weeks ago, when Carlson had a miss, I think it was completely because of the holding. This past week on what we can say is like the game winner, even though it, it wasn't really. But like the last score that we had uh, against Southern Miss was a catch where Ian Shannon had to like reach to the side of his body and then place it down. He was able to do that with uh, a great move. And he got the laces pointing in the right direction. I think if this comes down to a field goal, which I really hope it won't, but it has the possibility depending on how our offense performs. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, unfortunately. Uh, I don't want it to be like it was back, I want to say 2012, when it was like 3-2. to two. Oh, do you remember that? I'm shuddering right now just yeah. mentioning that. I don't oh. think it'll be that, but I think it will be low-scoring and field goals will matter. Watching in Shannon and make sure that his movement is on point because that's going to be the the real connection of if Carlson can make those field goals. Ben, if that game ever happens again, I will just <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll survive. I that is the most angry I've ever been at an Auburn football team. Um, there were things said down in the bottom of that BCM where I was watching the game by myself because I couldn't be around people. I was so upset <laughs> that I probably would, I'm probably ashamed of. But literally one of the the worst games ever. I, I can't remember what year that was. I want to say it was then, but it might have been earlier. But yes. whichever one it was, the three to two Mississippi State game. Gosh, yeah. one of the worst ever. <laughs> it's and let's hope that doesn't repeat itself. Although people are starting to think it actually might my special teams player to watch, because I think this is key where an offense is struggling. The defense is playing outstanding. They're going to be part of the reason why I think we win, but it's the special teams and the players that you don't normally think about. But Jordan Peters, who has been in the backfield mm. of that punting type situation where he's picking up a fun fumble against Southern miss. He's blocking a punt uh, against Arkansas. I believe it was, um, he, Almost got two in the Arkansas game, if I'm thinking of the correct game. That's right. He is a fast guy who just finds a way. They haven't figured out how to block him every single time yet, and I don't know how he's like. He's gonna, I'm going to start calling him Houdini because they snap the ball, and all of a sudden Jordan Peters is right there. So I think he may be a crucial part of this field position matchup for us with Mississippi State. Where it was gonna, if it is low scoring, both offenses can't get going, and the defense are standing strong that could be a crucial game changer in terms of getting us into a field position game there. So Jordan Peters is my guy to watch. Uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with our selections in this. I think we've got solid picks all the way around, Ben. I agree. And Jordan Peters is a great call. I, he's all over the place. Just like what you're saying, I, I don't understand how he takes the point from the line to be up in the mix so quickly. He's uh, maybe got a little bit of flash flash skills with him there as, as the move and shiftiness to get up there. And he's in almost every play now. So yeah. we'll see. I would love a punt block for a touchdown in this game just to give us a little bit of breathing room. That'd be yeah. fantastic. So I think this is the part of the show where you guys give a score prediction. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. And well, the score prediction is based on our uh, points that we will win by. Points that you will win by because you're not given an official one yet, correct? 
yeah. just your point just your point spread. So what is your point spread for Auburn versus Mississippi State? Uh early on in the season I thought it was gonna be pretty big. I'm I'm unfortunately not feeling it's gonna be huge. I'm gonna give us an eight point win. I think it's gonna be sizable enough, very similar to last week. Uh we'll see how it goes. I'm gonna come out of left field. Auburn wins by seventeen. Love it. And that may be 17 to nothing, but Auburn wins by 17. Hey, if we had a shutout, I would lose my friggin' mind. That would be amazing. I've been wanting a shutout for the past, like, when, when, when was the last time we had one? I can't even remember. I want a shutout. I would well, love there that. Had, there hadn't been a safety uh, by a, pe- a player that, you know, people are yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. not we're not okay. going to mention it because people are just giving him some hate right now, but uh, we would have had one. But, uh Nonetheless, uh, that is our <laughs> score predictions, or at least our point spread predictions for the game. We'll talk about maybe those on social media later, what we actually think our score will be for that game. Any other final thoughts, Ben? Mississippi State, Cowbells, econ professor, coach, what do you got? <laughs> uh, guys just need to go out and, as Gus has been saying, pretty much every single time he takes the podium, because we just need to perform better. And... I really hope that, and I've been saying this three weeks in a row, so I, I guess I'm sounding like a broken record. I apologize to the listeners. That we finally come together with a full, complete game. It's going to be on the road. It's going to be a hostile environment. It's not going to be easy, regardless of the the downturn the team has had. Uh, I just want us to come out and play from the get-go, put drives together, and put together a full performance. I, I, I would do as well. and I, I think... My hope, my optimism is that this is the game which will be almost like the LSU game of um, 2013. Now, I know we lost that game, and that's not what I'm saying here, but I I think this is the game where things maybe start to come together because my hope is there's no two-and-a-half, two-and-45-minute, two-hour-and-45-minute rain delay. Um, I hope nothing else crazy happens. This team just needs a game that, that starts and finishes the way it should in normal time frame, and hopefully not so bad officiating. They just need a normal game and let them figure it out themselves because that's just what they need is some time to figure it out. And I hope uh, this is the game that we do so. So a couple of reminders for you listeners. Um, AJ will not be back next week, so you will be graced again with Ben, but this time his guest host will be Mr. Clint Richardson, who is on the Inside the Jungle show, the Hitchcock Heckler show. Um and then he's our content manager for the site as well. Uh, so he will be here with Ben. I will be out of town. There may or may not be some delays in getting the shows out next week because it's going to be kind of hectic. So y'all please bear with us. But definitely you don't want to miss Clint and Ben together because it will be epic. And just <laughs> please behave yourselves. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll be good. Fans will love it. I believe you will, but there's always that moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, Ben and AJ, or Ben and uh, Clint are going to be together, and I get a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy, we, uh, let's give our contact information so we can get out of here. You can find me on Twitter, at TigerEye24. Where can they find you? Anywhere on social media, B-E-N-K-1-N-G. Let's beat the Bulldogs, beat the Bells, get the win in Stark Vegas. Until next time, War Eagle. Spank those puppies. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. 
If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?